Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Xander's Facts. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into Xander's Facts. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander, and welcome to this week's ZF Flashback. We got a Xander's Facts Flashback for you this week. No new episode, but you're going to learn some stuff. If you haven't listened to this episode that we're about to share right here on Xander's Facts. So don't turn off the podcast, keep listening. We are going back to September of last year, episode 33 of this podcast, when we talked about the German elections. Oh, yay. Because last week, we talked about the French presidential election, which happened on Sunday. And if you didn't know, Emmanuel Macron, the incumbent president, won re-election in France. The moderate beat Marie Le Pen. Thank goodness is all I'll say about that. He won with 58.5% of the vote, which is, I would say, considerably less than last time. He got 66%, this time 58.5%, so trending now, but he still won, and that's all that matters. So in the next five years, France is going to have the same president. For the first time since 2002, a French president has been re-elected incumbent, so how about that? It's a fact. So that's going on. That's why we're looking back at the German elections that we did back in September, episode 33 of this podcast. Stay tuned for that, but before we get to that, I also wanted to give you a little bit of an update on the NBA playoffs, but also, if you didn't know, it's NFL Draft Week, and I just wanted to let you all know, because I remember everyone loved last year when I did my NFL mock draft and I beat Mel Kuyper, and you know, I'm the greatest thing ever. Well, I didn't do that on the podcast this year. I did do a mock draft, though, this year. It's on Xander's Weekend Facts, the weekly newsletter that Xander's Facts has got going out every Sunday morning on Substack. You can subscribe to that on the link on this episode's description. There's a direct link, and there's a link on the link tree, which is also linked on this episode's description, which you should go check out, and on every episode description, because it's got all the Xander's Facts that you could ever want. You're going to get tired of Xander's Facts because there's so much Xander's Facts. Yep. So check that out on Sundays, this past Sunday's edition of Xander's Weekend Facts number 11. I put that out. Check that out. Check out Xander's Weekend Facts every Sunday morning because we got a bunch of facts on there that you're going to want to check out. I think I have a pretty good mock draft this year. Trying to beat Mel Kuyper again, so we'll see how that goes. But before we get to episode 33, flashback, I wanted to take a look, an updated look at the NBA playoffs and how they stand right now. On Wednesday, April 27th, we have got some teams that have advanced. So, let's take a look at them. Actually, there's only two at the moment, and those two have come out of the East. The first seed, the Miami Heat, beat the Atlanta Hawks on Tuesday night, so they won their series four games to one. They did it without Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler for that fifth game, so how about that? The Heat are moving on to face the winner of the Raptors and the Sixers. The Sixers are the four seed, the Raptors are the five seed. It looked like the Raptors were dead in the water. They were down 3-0. They won game four. They just blew out the Sixers in game five. Game six is in Toronto on Thursday night. It should be a good one. And the Sixers, I don't know, but the Raptors are looking a lot better. So this could actually get very interesting. And the Raptors could become the first team ever, if they win the next two games, to come back from a 3-0 series deficit and win the series. They could be the first team ever. That's cool. If they win game six in Toronto, and then if they win game seven, which would be in Philly on Saturday. That's interesting. The other Eastern Conference team to have already advanced as of the recording of this podcast 
are the Boston Celtics. They are the only team to have swept their first round opponent. Their opponent, the seven seed, the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and the Celtics sweeped them in all four games. And actually, all four of those games, the Celtics won by less than 10 points. They only won by one point in game one. That game one at the end of the game was amazing. Celtics only won by seven in game two, six in game three, and four in game four. So they were close games, but the Celtics won all of them. So they get a head start on preparing for their second round opponent, who will be the winner of the Bucks and the Bulls series. And right now it looks like it's going to be the Bucks. They are up 3-1 over the Bulls. The Bulls won the second game, but the Bucks they won the first game, and they have really blown out the Bulls in the third and fourth game. So I would expect them to win in game five, which is Wednesday tonight, 7.30 on TNT. Check that out. The Bucks are looking to end the series with the Bulls, and that will make that second round matchup between the Celtics and the Bucks, which as we previewed on this podcast a couple weeks ago with our NBA analyst, Hillbilly, should be really good. So those are the four series in the East. Over in the West... We've got the Suns and the Pelicans, which is actually very interesting because Devin Booker is injured. He's not playing right now for the Suns. And the Suns, before Tuesday night, they had a game Tuesday night, were tied with the Pelicans at 2-2. But then Tuesday night, they played again, and Phoenix Suns found a way to win that game. So the Suns are up 3-2. Game 6 is in New Orleans on Thursday. If New Orleans wins that game, there will be a Game 7 on Saturday. And then the winner of that series, hopefully we'll see the Suns. They were my championship pick. We'll see. Well, they will face the winner of the Mavericks and the Jazz. That series, the Mavericks currently are up three games to two over the Jazz. They won big blowout in game five, actually. And it looks like the Mavs, they've got Luka Doncic back. The Mavs, might be pulling away, and they could game six, which is Thursday night at 10 o'clock. So hopefully, we'll see, we have a Suns-Mavericks second round series, as Xander said was going to happen, but we'll see. And the other two series, we've got the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. Ooh, Grizzlies and Timberwolves, they played on Tuesday night, were tied at two games apiece. Grizzlies, the second seed, Timberwolves, the seven seed. Memphis won that game Tuesday night at home, so the Grizzlies lead the series three games to two. They play again on Friday in Minnesota. If the Timberwolves win that game, even the series, then they will go to Game 7, which would be on Sunday. And then the final first-round series in the West, the Warriors and the Nuggets. Warriors, the Nuggets actually won Game 4. They play again Wednesday, 10 o'clock on TNT, Wednesday night. That's tonight, if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out. Warriors lead the Nuggets three games to one. Warriors look like the vastly superior team. Nuggets won at home game four, but I would expect Golden State to win game five. And I would expect Golden State to move on to face the winner of the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. Golden State is looking really good right now. So that's a little NBA playoffs update. The NBA playoffs for sure, the first round will be done on Sunday, and then the second round is going to start early next week. So we've got all that. It's a busy time in playoff basketball and on the Xander's Facts podcast, but this is a week with a Xander's Facts flashback, a ZF flashback. So we're going back to the September of 2021, episode 33, 
voting on a Sunday, because that's what they do in Germany and France too. And we should probably do that here. But I won't get it. I'll get into that later. But I've got a good flashback for you here. So listen in to this back from episode 33 of this podcast, the German elections. If you don't know about them, you're about to learn about them. So here we go. Xander's Facts Flashback. Xander's Facts. We're easing back into politics, but we're not going to stay in the U.S. We're going across the pond to talk about our politics this week because there are some things happening specifically in Germany. Germany is what we're going to talk about this week. So you might have heard that this week in California, which is in the U.S., they're having the recall election for some stupid reason. Yeah, okay. But there are some other elections happening in Europe coming soon. Sunday, September 26th is when Germany will head to the polls for their federal elections to elect a new chancellor for the first time in 16 years. In fact, all 598 seats in the Bundestag, which is the lower house of parliament in Germany, are up for grabs in this election. The current German chancellor, you might know her name, Angela Merkel, she is not running for re-election, and this election will mark the end of her tenure as chancellor, a position she has held since 2005. She has been rolling for 16 years. So, you might be asking the question right now, Xander, why are we talking about this? I don't care. I'm an American freedom loser. True that. Well, I don't care. They do matter to you, and I'll tell you why, because Xander, myself, is about to break down these upcoming German elections and why they matter to you, even if you're an American patriot who loves America and needs to stop whining about other countries. Quit your whining. So, first off, before we figure out who's running to replace Merkel, let's dive deep into how elections work in Germany, because they work similarly to other parliamentary systems in Europe and across the world, but differently than how elections work here in the U.S. Some ways. It's kind of complicated, so let's talk about it. So, for instance, German elections in the Bundestag occur every four years, like the presidential elections do here in the U.S. And in Germany, the most powerful office is chancellor. And while they do have a president, and it technically ranks higher than chancellor, its role is largely ceremonial, which is why I don't even know the German president's name, and I didn't do all that research, whatever. How about that? So Germany is split up into 299 constituencies. In the U.S., we have House of Representative districts. In Germany, they have constituencies. And every citizen gets two votes to make up the 598-seat Bundestag. The first vote is to elect a local MP, which represents about 250,000 people. And this vote uses a first-past-the-post system, which is where a single candidate is selected, similar to how we do it here in the U.S. and in the U.K., which is in contrast with ranked choice voting, which we actually discussed on this podcast back, way back, episode 15. Bold move there. If you want to learn more about that, but they just vote for the person like we do for the House of Representatives and Senate and President and all that stuff. This is similar to how we vote for the House of Representatives because the candidates run in their respective districts or constituencies, as they are called in Germany. So the second vote that they have is where it gets different. Here we go! The second vote is for a party. They will vote for a specific 
party, and this vote determines the proportion of seats that each party gets in the Bundestag, as long as the party receives at least 5% of the national vote. If the party gets less than 5%, they do not get any representation. However, the Bundestag size can change. So for instance, after the 2017 elections, which were the last elections, they had 709 seats. Hold on a second. So why is that? Well, the makeup of the Bundestag has to reflect the results of the second vote, that party vote. And since it's common for voters to split their ballot, like you can do here in the U.S. with different candidates, parties can sometimes win more seats in the first vote than the second. So, if a party wins more constituencies, or first votes, than it is entitled to based on the second vote results, the extra seats are called overhang seats. And in order for the chamber to reflect the results of the second vote, Other parties are awarded balance seats to make up for that. So, the 709 seats that are in the current Bundestag are the most ever, and Germans parliamentarians actually voted to reduce the number of constituencies from 299 to 280 by the next elections in 2025 in order to keep the size in check. Too many facts. So, who fills the seats in the second vote and the additional seats, because in that first vote, you're actually voting for a name. But in the second vote, you're just voting for a party. So who fills those seats? So the parties will meet for their respective conferences months months before the election, kind of like the conventions here in the U.S., the DNC, the RNC, all those that happen months before the elections. True, true. At these conferences, the parties select their candidate for chancellor and create a list of candidates for the second vote and any additional seats. So that's how German elections work. And then after the election, the parties will begin talks with each other in order to form a coalition or a majority, but they don't have to do this if a single party gains a majority of seats. But since the reunification of Germany in 1990, that has not occurred. Too bad. And whichever group of parties gains a majority is allowed to govern. And the chancellor will usually come from the party in that coalition with the most seats. So that's how elections work in Germany. It's similar to how elections work in the UK. They have that parliamentary system. In the US, it's kind of similar parts of it. They have the constituencies or districts that you vote for. But in Germany, they don't directly vote for their leader. They vote for the party who they want to lead, I guess. And then the party has their candidate that they already know of. And we already know who's running in the major parties. So, who is running to replace the current Chancellor Angela Merkel? So, in contrast to the U.S.'s two-party system, which is terrible, terrible, Germany has many parties represented in the government. The last Bundestag had six parties represented. However, since Germany's reunification, only two parties have held the chancellorship. The CDU-CSU and the SPD. What are those? We'll talk about them. What do you say? Here are the six major parties and their candidates for chancellor in Germany. Pay attention. Get ready. First up is the CDU slash CSU, which is also known as the Union Parties and the Christian Democrats. This is the center-right political alliance of the Christian Democratic Union of Germany, that's the CDU, and the Christian Social Union in Bavaria, the CSU. And this is the party that current Chancellor Angela Merkel has represented and has held the majority through coalition since 2005. And this party has tended to be 
more aligned with the Republicans in the U.S. Of course, the Republicans have gone way overboard on the far right, and the CDU-CSU really hasn't done that, so kind of getting away from that. But Merkel has definitely leaned left regarding environmental, labor, and foreign policy issues, but she's definitely not a liberal by any means. I'll just say that. Deal with it! Their nominee for chancellor is the current minister president MP of North Rhine-Westphalia, which is the most populous state in Germany, Albin Lachat. Huh. He is known to be on the left of the party and a moderate in general, but his views on climate have definitely confused some progressives in Germany. And recently, Lachat was spotted laughing during a visit to areas of his state that were hit by devastating floods back in July, you might have heard of that, which only is adding to his terrible approval ratings. We'll get into all the polls in a second who's going to win, but he is definitely not a popular guy in Germany. It's true! The only other party to have led the government since reunification is the SPD, the Social Democratic Party of Germany, also known as the Social Democrats. And this is the center-left party in Germany that has historically aligned with the Democrats in the U.S. on major issues. And the SPD has not held the chancellorship since 2005 and has been the second largest party in the Bundestag since. And since 2013, they have joined the CDU-CSU to form a coalition, or as they call it in Germany, a grand coalition. They call it that because these two parties have historically been the most dominant in modern German politics, dating back to after World War II. Man, that was rough. Their nominee is the current vice chancellor, which is the second highest ranking German cabinet member, and the federal minister of finance, Olaf Scholz. Out of the three highest ranking parties in the recent polls, Scholz holds by far the highest approval rating, and while he definitely leans to the left of Lachette, he falls to the right of the majority of the party on many issues, including the economy. And of course, we know because he's the federal minister of finance, he's basically in charge of the economy in Germany. Original. The party that had the smallest number of seats in the current Bundestag, but was at one point leaning in the polls earlier this summer, is the Green Party, a.k.a. the Greens. And the Greens are classified as center-left, but they're left of the Social Democrats. And they have played a key role over the last few years in clean environmental policies and social progressive policies in Germany. And the Greens are most closely aligned with the Green Party in the U.S. Of course, the Green Party in the U.S. doesn't have any representation except for like city councils and stuff because we have the stupid two-party system. Their nominee is Annalena Baerbock, who has served as co-leader of the Greens since 2018 and has served in Parliament since 2013, I believe. And the momentum that the Greens had earlier this year has not been sustained, however. And their party has dropped back in recent polling. It was back in May, I think. They were ahead of the Christian Democrats and the Social Democrats. They were at the top. Really? But they've dropped back recently. But they should definitely make gains from the current Bundestag, in which they only had 8.9% representation. Spitting the truth. The next party, there's six. We're on number four, is the AFD, the alternative for Germany. They are a far-right nationalist party that has been known for its opposition to the EU 
and immigration, basically what the Republican Party wants to turn into, apparently. Sick burn! They formed in 2013, but they experienced a huge jump in the 2017 elections, but they have fallen back in recent polling. They have two candidates for chancellor, and all I'm going to say is that they are bad people. That's cool. No, they're not going to do that in Germany. There's no way. The next party is the FDP, which is the Free Democratic Party, and they're a free market party that are seen as center-to-center-right ideology, but they have conservatives and liberals in their party. And they formed a coalition with the Christian Democrats in 2009, but since 2013, they have not held any majority power, and their candidate is Christian Lindner, who is currently serving in the Bundestag. The last of the six major parties is the left. And guess where they are on the political spectrum? The left! Their party was formed in 2007, but... They probably swing a little too far to the left. Some of their policies have been considered far left, like they want to withdraw from NATO. They want the state to take more control of aspects of the economy. Eh, That's, you know, Republicans complain about socialism for the Democrats. Democrats aren't doing socialism. That's probably socialism. That's probably a little too much. Disrespectful! They have two candidates as well. But looking at their recent polling, that party may struggle to reach the 5% threshold needed to gain representation in the Bundestag. They're struggling right now because they're kind of wacky. Kind of like the AFT. Those are the two really far out there parties. Awful. So, taking a look at the polls, they have been wild these last few months in Germany because before spring, the spring of this year, the Christian Democrats, who of course Merkel is their leader, were significantly in the lead, but the emergence of Armand Lachat as chancellor has caused the party to lose steam. And at one point back in May, as I said, the Greens had taken a lead in the polls before they fell back. But more recently, since the last month or so, the Social Democrats have surged into the lead. They have around 27% support right now. And they currently lead the Christian Democrats in the average of polls by around 7%. And the Greens are close behind in third place right now, 15%. Cool facts, bro. While the FDP, the Free Democratic Party, is around 12%, the AFD around 10%, and the left at about 6%. So they're kind of struggling to get see if they can get representation. So those are the candidates. Those are the parties. Why do these elections matter? You may be asking yourself, why do I care about Germany's elections when I live in the United States and Joe Biden's my president? Well, Xander, what is wrong with you? Well, there are several reasons why these elections should matter to you. First off, the world is losing one of its most powerful political figures in German Chancellor Angela Merkel. For 16 years, she's been seen as one of the most powerful proponents for democracy and a dominant force against the recent rise of far-right movements across the globe, and losing her leadership is definitely going to mark a changing of the guard across world politics that's going to open a gaping hole for someone to fill. Someone, who knows, Emmanuel Macron, whoever could be the next German Chancellor, Joe Biden, all these people, free democracy, I mean. What? We'll see, because when Trump was president, a lot of people looked at Merkel as being the true leader of the free world because, you know, Donnie Boy was all over the place. But now, she's gone. We'll see what happens. And another reason has to do with Germany's position on the world stage. It is the largest economy in Europe. That's the fourth largest in the world. And it has the second largest population in Europe with Russia 
ahead of them. Another fact! And of course, Germany has a history of doing some pretty bad things. But it looks like we're not going to get any of that far-right nonsense that Germany had, and that they're trying to do here in the U.S., which is... We'll talk about that later, because that's just... MS. Duh. But Germany should probably be just fine with either the Christian Democrats or the Social Democrats gaining the majority of the chancellorship. But it appears that right now, more Germans want to experiment with a more progressive government than they have had with the Social Democrats at this point. That's what the polls are saying. That's what, you know, a lot of people in Germany approve of Olaf Scholz, who is the candidate for chancellor for the Social Democrats, and they really don't like Armand Lachat for the Christian Democrats, and that's the more right party. That's kind of like moderate Republicans right now, is that party. So, I don't know. We'll see. So, in review, you may want to keep an eye on the upcoming elections in Germany, even though they're happening across the world. Definitely could have some ramifications here in the U.S. and across the world, too, because Germany is a pretty big and powerful country. So, what is next for the elections in Germany and around the world? So, right now, Wednesday, September 15th, we just wait until Election Day in Germany, which is on Sunday, September 26th, which makes sense because the in Germany, the law is that you can only have an election on a national holiday or on a Sunday, which makes sense, and we should do that here in the U.S. It doesn't make any sense! Someday, maybe not... A Sunday, but they should at least make a national holiday out of Election Day, which I think we talked about on this podcast, too. Go back and listen to that if you haven't already. I mean, come on, serious facts. And the results are going to be released soon after Sunday, September 26th. But we may not know who exactly is going to be in the majority or who's going to be chancellor until nearly a month later as the parties go into their deliberations ahead of the next parliament to decide coalitions or majorities if a party does not gain a majority, which as of the polls right now, looks very much likely. And of course, other elections going on across the world. Of course, these last few weeks, we've looked at California. Californians are voting in their recall election of their governor, Democrat Gavin Newsom, who Republicans are trying to recall for imposing COVID restrictions that they don't like because I I guess they're just whiny. Quit whining. But as of this recording, we don't know what the result is because that election ends Tuesday, September 14th, which I, when I'm recording my podcast, but it definitely looks like Newsom should cruise by. The polls were kind of scary back like a month ago. The Republicans, they might have been gained on him, but it looks like Newsom's just going to cruise by. Plus, it's California and the party, the candidate who the Republicans are really coalesced is basically a Trumper who, I mean, California is seriously one of the bluest states in the Union. They're not going to do that. Come on. And later this fall, here in the U.S., we've got a couple off-year elections in a couple states, like in New York, the mayoral race in New York City, and the gubernatorial races for governor in New Jersey and Virginia. And we're going to talk about the Virginia race at some point, because former Governor Terry McAuliffe is running for his old seat as a Democrat against businessman and Trumpy boy, Glenn Youngkin, who is not a very nice boy. And finally, some other foreign elections that you might want to keep your eye on are in Canada. Canada is having a federal election that was, it's a snap election that was called by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And even though Trudeau requested the election because he wanted to gain seats in Parliament, 
he is at risk of losing his majority. That election is this Monday, Monday, September 20th. So that'll be interesting. That's a fact. Trudeau's been a good boy, Ed. We'll see if he loses his seat. Hopefully not. And another upcoming election to pay attention to is next year, 2022, the French presidential election that you might have already heard of. French President Emmanuel Macron's first five-year term ends, and he is up for re-election. That election is not until April 10th, 2022, but there are plenty of challengers seeking the job, as Macron has been hit by controversies regarding a proposed fuel tax. That was a big thing in France. And, of course, COVID. Some people are just whining because lockdowns and you can't do that french freedoms not not american freedoms french freedoms stinger there's all that so that's our politics for this week hopefully you know a lot more about how german elections work because it's very interesting how different they are than american elections and some aspects we should probably adopt here in the u.s I would say, like election day should not be on a random Tuesday, first Tuesday of November, whatever, when everybody has to work. It should be a national holiday or the multi-party system instead of the two-party system, because a system which had a lot of parties probably be a lot better. And we probably wouldn't have all this crazy stuff going on between the Republicans and Democrats right now. That's Xander's take. That's politics for this week. Xander's Facts. So there you have it. Xander's Facts flashback here for you this week from episode 33. And by the way, just if you didn't know, this did happen in September, but Olaf Scholz and his party won. So Olaf Scholz is the chancellor. His party actually won with the coalition. They were able to form a majority coalition. So that's what's going on in Germany. And the French elections, of course, Macron won. If you want to listen to those, listen about them, learn how they work. Check out Xander's Facts last week, episode 60. Next week, we have got episode 61, new episode. Dr. Bobby, our expert on Ukraine, is going to be back on the podcast to talk about everything that is going on over in Ukraine, Russian invasion of Ukraine. You're going to want to listen to that. So tune in next week for a new edition of the Xaner's Facts podcast. So that is it. Thank you all for listening to the Xander's Facts flashback. And just a reminder, if you like the Xander's Facts podcast, if you think you're going to like all the facts on our upcoming episodes like next week, Remember to click the follow button, download this podcast, rate the podcast, review the podcast, go on all your socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Xander's Facts. That's Xander with a Z. And tell all your friends, spread the facts, Xander's Facts Podcast. That is it for me. That is a wrap on this Xander's Facts flashback. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see y'all with episode 61 next week.